0: What's up, guys, and welcome to the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Orlick. What's up, Warriors fans? Man, it's uh, it's been a tough time in Dub Nation over the last week. Uh, been quite some time since the podcast has been out. A lot of news to cover and get into. Warriors' road woes continue after a huge win over the Boston Celtics at home. Warriors have opened up their road trip going 0 for 3, dropping a very tough loss in Milwaukee, followed by an even more depressing defeat in Indiana, losing Steph Curry to a shoulder injury and draymond green to an ejection and then last night in philly um down curry draymond and wiggins short-handed you know overall solid effort battling but also losing to philly so let's get into all of this a little bit more first and foremost the steph curry news obviously um the franchise player of the utmost importance to this team that's already been struggling. Steph Curry experienced a left shoulder subluxation. Um, No timetable to return, but he's expected to be back in about two to four weeks. Um, Essentially, this is a left shoulder dislocation. And right now, um you're just waiting for the shoulder to set back in place and for the pain to subside at which point um in a few weeks curry can start to begin rehabilitation it's not expected that he should require surgery right now although you know curry did talk and i've seen others talk about how depending on how his shoulder responds um and how and and the mobility and the pain he may or may not opt for surgery in the off season so Um, thankfully this is his left shoulder not his right Um, not as much of an impact for his shooting hand and shooting arm but still obviously big blow to dub nation seems like the injury was on the more minor end of the scale as far as um, how bad it could have been but still you've got this warriors team with aspirations of a repeat appearance to the finals uh repeat champions and um you know at 14 and 16 11th in the western conference and only two road wins under their belt thus far um almost at the halfway point of the season definitely not where you want this team to be um in other positive news, Wiggins, who's been dealing with the abductor strain and has missed the last few games, he has a chance to return on Sunday versus Toronto. That would obviously be a huge boost for this team. Um, Draymond Green, you know, I mentioned you know double uh, double technical ejection um, in the game in Indiana. Missed the game in Philadelphia due to some soreness. Um, I believe he is expected to play Sunday against Toronto. Um, but man, just, just a lot of challenging narratives for the Warriors right now. Um, Warriors, again... Starting the road trip, zero and three, four and six in their last ten. Now only sitting one game ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers, who are twelve and sixteen. But because the Western Conference is so consolidated, everyone is is dropping games left and right. Or you know, the only team that's really gotten out to this definitive lead is the Memphis Grizzlies, who have gone nine and one in their last ten. Warriors are only three games behind the number five Sacramento Kings. So if there's any silver lining or solace in any of this, um, and jumping ahead a little bit here because I do want to talk more about these three games the Warriors have, have dropped and some other things. Um, Warriors next three games at Toronto, at New York um, against the Knicks, and then and then at Brooklyn, you win those three games, um, you're right back in the playoff, the conversation so far from over for this Warriors team, but certainly without Steph Curry, um, a questionable Draymond and Wiggins, a struggling Clay Thompson who went four of seventeen in, uh, against Philly, um, leaves a lot of questions as to how is this team going to survive without Steph Curry over the next month, and how are they going to look and what type of position will they be in the standings and what kind of pressure will be put on this team? Um, you just see a lot of similarities in the narratives to this Warriors team from a few years ago with Kelly Oubre, um, that lost in the bubble where you just see that they're so close to being there, to being that solidified playoff team, um, But you really missed that last year's gangbusters start to the season that gave them that cushion that when they did start dropping all of those games in the spring, um, they had had that cushion because they had played so well earlier in the season and, and gotten out to such a good start. And so now you drop those games earlier in the season that the Detroit, the Charlotte losses, the Indiana loss at home you know, so on and so forth. And you can see how in a Western conference where everything is so packed, tightly packed together, every win and loss carries so much weight because you can go, you know, you win two games and you can go from 11th to 8th, 11th to, to 7th, you know, so there's still a ton of room to work in here. Um, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, So, let's talk about the Milwaukee game. We're just going to hit on some quick points in all of these. So, Warriors got off to a very nice start at Milwaukee, scoring the first seven points of the game. Milwaukee was basically conceding jumpers. The Warriors were hitting them. As the game went on, Warriors stopped hitting their jumpers, and it was a typical story that we've seen throughout the season. Opposing stars living at the foul line, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think attempted at least 15 free throws and it just becomes a very challenging game to win. Uh, Milwaukee had Brooke Lopez, who's an elite rim defender. You saw Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson try to attack the rim, um, unable to with much success and unable to continue to, to hit, to hit threes. And then you've got the turnovers that just compound all of that. Um, Despite all of that, Warriors found themselves only down six at one point in the second quarter. Milwaukee quickly turned that into a twelve into a, a 6-0 run with a 12-point lead going into halftime. Coming out in the third quarter in the second half, Warriors had a couple good runs in them where they cut it into single digits but otherwise weren't able to really make a dent in the deficit. And this was you know, a Milwaukee team without Drew Holiday. Keep in mind, Warriors were missing Andrew Wiggins in this one as well. At Indiana, um, not much better. So, Warriors, you know, Indiana, this is the heartbreaking loss um, at home earlier in the season when Indiana was resting Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner. You had the rookie Andrew Nemhard basically outplay Curry down the stretch in the fourth quarter at home. Um, I was expecting kind of a bounce back revenge game type performance from the Warriors. Um, This was a very fast and frenzied up and down shooting a lot of threes type game. Um, You know, Warriors were in it, but then in a second quarter stretch, Indiana basically ripped off 10 to 15 points straight on, on open three pointers. Um, You lose Steph Curry to the the left shoulder injury. Draymond super frustrated gets thrown out with two technicals. Um, Warriors claw back into it despite all of that and actually had a chance to win the game, um, had the lead at one point in the fourth quarter but simply just not enough. 119 to 125 was the final there. Then, moving on, you've got last night at Philadelphia. No Draymond Green, no Steph Curry, no Andrew Wiggins. Klay Thompson questionable, but ends up playing. Dante DiVincenzo goes absolutely berserk in the first quarter, hits five threes. Warriors start shooting like an absurd seven of eight from three. Build a ten-point lead in the second quarter. Philadelphia slowly chips away. Joel Embiid averaging, you know, thirty-plus points, leading the NBA in points per game. Um, James Harden doing James Harden things. Embiid ends up shooting ten of twelve from the line. James Harden seven of nine from the line. Warriors get outscored from the free throw line, uh, twenty-five to eleven as far as made free throws, but. Philly attempted 31 to the Warriors, 13. Um, Silver lining here, Jordan Poole went off for 29, 10 of 20 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3, 5 of 6 from the line. Um, Clay Thompson, again, we mentioned struggled mightily, 4 of 17 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3. Um, Clay was basically sitting at 1 and 12 from the field until the fourth quarter when he finally hit a 3. DiVincenzo, you know, like I said, 15 points in the first quarter, but then only had one field goal the rest of the way. So DiVincenzo ends ends his night with 17 points, 6 of 13 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3. He did add 10 rebounds and 6 assists. Uh, Kavon Looney, triple-double watch, nearly got his first career triple-double. Looney with 14 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists, 2 steals and 2 blocks. Looney in typical fashion, was just old, reliable, doing everything, all the dirty work, defending Embiid, um, and then, you know, a little bit of help, but not much from the rest of the squad, you had Jonathan Kaminga play 28 minutes, he would start three of eight from the field, one of four from three, three assists, um, Anthony Lamb was two of six from three. Ty Jerome got some run. He looked pretty good. Nine points, four of 10 from the field. Moses Moody played 15 minutes, one of four from three. Uh, James Wiseman got 11 minutes. Um, three of five from the field with six points. Jermichael Green got 10 minutes, um, O of two from three. Just, you can see that Steve Kerr is just desperately looking for any type of edge energy, anything, any type of productivity from this bench unit, from these guys coming in, obviously, um, really depleted bench when you move pool and Di Vincenzo and Kaminga into the starting lineup. Um, but you can just see how challenging it is for the warriors to win games with their roster as it stands, um, because of the limited production that they're getting. Um, and so, you know, I think that there was a lot of growth shown in that Philadelphia game because the Warriors did build a ten point lead early in the second. They didn't just come out flat and and basically come out there and say, well, we we're, we're missing our our three starters. We're just gonna, you know, we're just gonna pack this one up and call it a game. They came out ready to play. They came out shooting hot. They came out looking good. And Philadelphia, you know, had to had to respond, react, and respond. But then, when we needed that continued boost and jolt, right? You had DiVincenzo hit five threes. You had um, Lamb hit a couple threes, right? Nobody had their shot going late in the game in the second half, and so it just becomes the tale of the two team, the you know, a tale of of two different sides of the same team for the Warriors if they're shooting threes, they've got a chance, but if not, they really have no chance. They don't have consistent um they don't have consistent dribble penetration other than Jordan Poole. Poole is trying his best to consistently get to the line with mixed results, um and then doing so leads to a lot of turnovers. Uh Poole had 4 assists and 4 turnovers. Um I'm certainly impressed with Jordan Poole. I think he's done a very nice job in these last 10 games or so compared to the first 10 games of the season. And in a night where you're missing Steph Curry, Klay Thompson doesn't have a shot going, you're starting, you're seeing Jordan Poole, things start to click for him as a scorer as far as being able to score efficiently um, and in different ways. He's not just settling for threes. He's trying to attack the rim. He's also taking mid-range. He takes what the defense gives him. He's also facilitating for his teammates. Sure, he goes, uh, you know, he tries to do too much regularly, which ends up in turnovers, but that's what you want him to do because he's trying to find, he's trying to figure out how he can get into that next category of really good player to star and part of that is learning how to consistently get to the foul line right we're talking about Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden um, these guys who just or, or Luca Doncic these guys who are just awarded 10 free throws a game because they've figured out the way that they can always get to the line and if Jordan Poole figures that out um, he's going to be quite a handful for, for for opposing defenses. But until then, um, you know, Warriors are going to have a really hard time to be consistent offensively, because it's really going to come down to how hot are we shooting, and how many guys um, are shooting well. You know, I will say, I think a silver lining here is, sure, you look at the final score, 106-118, uh, but in a night where clay was four of 17 and as i said going in going into and like halfway through the fourth quarter clay was like one for 12 you'd think that in a game without draymond curry and wiggins and clay's gone one for 12 we'd be blown out by 30 and this was still like an eight point game at one point in the fourth quarter and so that just really speaks to the growth of this team and being able to fight. I certainly don't think this was a disappointing effort, um, but when you look at the Warriors, 17 turnovers and only 13 made free throws versus Philadelphia, um, 15 turnovers to 25 made free throws, um, and the Warriors you know, made 15 threes, and, and sorry, Philly made 15 threes and the Warriors made 17, I mean, that's the difference in the game, right? The free throws, right there, 12 points. Um, 14 points, actually, off free throws. So there's a lot to take away, um, a lot of positives to take away, but you certainly would have liked to have seen this type of all-around team effort at the start of the season, not um, 30 games into the season where... um, guys are finally understanding their roles and stepping up. I think one one bright light in all of this, other than Jordan Poole, has been Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga has really come into his own and finally understood what Steve Kerr is asking of him um, on a night in and night out basis, right? The points aren't there, the scoring isn't there, but that's not what they're asking him to do. They're not asking him to go out and score 20. They're asking him to be the point of attack defender, Jonathan Kaminga was the primary defender on James Harden all night. Um, And, and on, you know, we saw this, we saw something similarly um, against Tyrese Halliburton. Um, And so you see that the Warriors have, you know, with, with no Andrew Wiggins next man up, it's Jonathan Kaminga. Hey man, you're the best defend. You're the best wing defender we've got go out and get Harden. Meanwhile, um, clay thompson's garden pj tucker which is kind of like the the guy that you hide your defender on your your least effective defender um so that's a little surprising uh for clay thompson right this obviously you know clay coming back from injury still hasn't really proven himself on the defensive end on a night in and night out basis against philly he did have three steals and a block he does have moments this season where he steps up defensively and comes up with a big play, but then he also has a lot of lapses, and then he also has a lot of mental lapses, too, like the game um, against Utah, for example. And so it's kind of some head-scratchers there with Clay Thompson if he continues to be a volume shooter who struggles, um, who's not able to... You know, move his feet as effectively on defense, and then compounds that by also not being mentally locked in and making mistakes. Um, that's hard to have your you know second highest paid player on the team right now be playing at that level, right? I mean, Clay Thompson's getting forty plus million a year right now, um, and and certainly isn't playing at that at that level. Um, Or that standard. And so, again, the fact that we're not getting blown up by 30 by some of these teams, despite that, is a good sign. But also, the Warriors Warriors need to do some soul searching and really need to right the ship here as far as consistent play um, and getting their core guys to step up. Um, if they want to see some, some meaningful changes in the win-loss column, especially on a road trip, maybe at home, you can get away with that, but certainly not on the road. Certainly not. So what else we got for you guys today? Um, Andre Iguodala, still no timetable to return. Um, really seems like he's just being saved as like an ace in a hole for the final, 15 games of the season to just have him available for the playoffs. Um, Wiseman, Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rawlings were all recalled from Santa Cruz. Um, Wiseman continues to get short stints of minutes. He's basically in a timeshare with Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green has been, unfortunately, I think it's time to say it. I mean, he's been a bust. I'm, I'm sorry. I just... He is, his ineffectiveness on both sides of the floor is very clear. Um, the three point shot has not been there for him. Maybe like one or two games has he even made, you know, more than one three. Um, the rebounding is nice, but more often than not, he commits fouls, um, offensive fouls, trying to get the rebounds. And then defensively, he just isn't enough of a presence. So, um, You know, I don't think that there were necessarily a ton of great options out there at the forward um, kind of four slash small five spot in the vet minimum category. But when you look at Jermichael Green compared to Otto Porter Jr., even Nemanja Bielitsa, even Bielitsa at least gave you um offense right bielitsa could handle he was comfortable outside shooting he could attack the rim sure he Bielitza definitely had stretches where he looked unplayable but i you know there were at least 10 to 15 games where bielitsa had games where you were like wow he is a good player he he made an impact he made an impact on this game for the warriors For Jermichael Green for this season, I'd maybe give him two games and maybe even that's a stretch. Preseason Jermichael Green, it was like, wow, this guy can shoot threes. He looks so comfortable. He's going to fit in so great. This is so nice. Um, Here we are 30 games in and it's like, why don't we just give these minutes to Wiseman or Kaminga? Because I'm just not seeing any added benefit or value in giving 10 minutes a night to Jermichael Green. Now, in the scheme of things, that's not, that's not turning the needle for me in terms of winning or losing some of these games on the road. Um, it's just more a product of what are we doing directionally when we've got these guys who are hungry for minutes and why are we continuing to give this guy a vet minimum on a vet minimum deal who's basically, you know, he's a veteran. He's not, he's not young, undeveloped. There isn't this untapped potential in his game. Um, Short of all of a sudden he starts making his open threes. I don't think that his um, contributions to the Warriors are going to change significantly. Um, So I'd almost kind of rather someone else get the opportunity at this point. Um, Roll out Kaminga for another 10 minutes. Um, So yeah, that's my, my thoughts on Jamichael Green. Um, Wiseman, you know, he's now played a few regular season games for the Warriors since coming back from Santa Cruz. He certainly looks improved. The confidence is there. I mean, he's only playing like 10 minutes at a time. So it's, you know, he gets like two, five, six minute stints a game. So it's not like he has a lot of opportunity to make a huge impact in the box score or in the game. Um, he certainly looks solid offensively. He's shown, an ability and more understanding to get to his positions in the post to finish. Um, defensively, you know, there's still more work to be done. And, um, you know, he's still working on on rebounding as well. But I've definitely seen growth there from him. So that is a positive sign. But I still don't think that he, you know, it it still remains to be seen if he can reach a point where he can become a consistent piece of the rotation like, you could just give Jermichael Green's 10 minutes to Wiseman. So Wiseman's playing closer to 20 to 22 minutes a game instead of 10 to 12. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we're at that point yet. I think we'll have to see. Um, And that kind of is a nice segue to the next part of the show that I wanted to get to, which is, you know, what is the path for the Warriors right now? Um, Is there possibly a trade in the horizon? What does Steve Kerr do with um, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and um, James Wiseman? You know, what does Bob Myers have up his sleeve? You know, 14 and 16, you know, we, we talked earlier in the season, I did a show about the Myers interview discussing that, you know, early sample size at three and seven, but maybe if you ask me, um you know 20 30 40 games in i'd have a better idea well we're 30 games in and we're 14 and 16 um not substantially better than the three and seven start you have to wonder where this front office is in all of this especially now with the steph curry injury you know out for the next month um do you call it a lost season Do you trade some of your assets and try and bring in some more help? What do you do? And um, from a coaching perspective, you know, Steve Kerr hasn't really changed his path either. Um, You know, Jonathan Kaminga is earning opportunity in minutes, but I would expect when Andrew Wiggins gets back that Kaminga will kind of be back to his 20-ish minutes off the bench role. Moses Moody got 15 minutes, but Ty Jerome played 18 and a half. um, And Anthony Lamb played 19 and a half. So again, continuing to prioritize playing these guys on two-way deals who are more experienced players that understand how to execute what the coaching staff wants. But if you're still, if the net result is losing and you're not really building towards anything or maybe you are, but you know, it just, you just start to ask the question, like, why aren't we giving these minutes, more minutes to Moody, more minutes to Wiseman, more minutes to Kaminga, um, if we're going to be losing games? So there seems to be some, um, some narratives going on behind the scenes. I wouldn't be surprised for Steve Kerr to basically say, you know, to, to Myers in the front office, like, what is this BS roster you gave me to work with? Right? You've got Iggy, who basically seems like he's not going to play in the regular season, short of the Warriors ramping up to get ready for the postseason. You've got Wiseman, Baldwin Jr., and Rawlings, who are just in Santa Cruz and basically play garbage time. And then Moody Kaminga, who weren't ready when the season started for the um, featured second unit roles that we thought they were gonna be. Um, and then a couple guys on two way, and then an open 15th spot. Um, and then DiVincenzo, who has actually been a very good addition and add, and it is a player that um, I think the Warriors would you know, be wise to retain if they can, although I would expect DiVincenzo would probably go somewhere else for more money and more opportunity. And then Jermichael Green, who we just talked about as a bust. Where is the continuity in bringing in valuable pieces for the coaching staff to work with um, and and actually have a deep roster to play around with? I mean, Damian Lee and Juan Toscano Anderson would be (laughs) godsends compared to Jermichael Green. Um... And uh, and even Ty Jerome, so it's tough, man. It's challenging. It almost kind of seems like this is uh, Wiseman's rookie year, kind of all over again, right? I I talked about that a little bit last year, how Steve Kerr basically was like played this guy to the point that it James Wiseman that it's like it was clear and obvious that he wasn't ready um, when he came out in the summer and said Wiseman's not gonna. you know, Wiseman's not gonna be the starter, and then he ultimately was starting. And so you can just get a sense of like the front office wants the young guys to play, and Steve Kerr's very old school, and saying, These guys aren't ready, and I don't let guys play through mistakes. This is a championship team. We're trying to build good habits and and play a certain way, and you've and that trust needs to be earned, and there's certain mistakes you can't make. Very kind of Greg Popovich-like, very old school. That it's my way or the highway. And it seems like that type of approach has worked, at least when you look at pieces like Jordan Poole, like Kavon Looney, um, and you already are starting to see the dividends of that pay off in Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, when Kaminga, when everything clicks for Kaminga, how to do all the little things, how to defend um, pass the ball, play team defense, rebound, the scoring is going to come and then he's going to be a beast. So you just get a sense of, of two kind of clashing styles here. And then also, you know, this is Bob Myers last year's GM. Um, I mean, Lake, uh, could certainly extend him, which I would kind of expect to, but there's just a lot of interesting narratives going on right now for the Warriors and you're missing your face of the franchise on the floor. You've got Steph Curry on the bench, which is good. Um but you know, Steph Curry is the glue that holds all this team together. Draymond's the heartbeat of this team, but Curry is really the glue. When you saw the the off-season, you know, altercation between Draymond and Jordan Poole, it was Steph Curry that brought everyone together to to work through that, you know. So Where does this team go? I think that they're at a very interesting point of the season at 14 and six. Um, If you win against Toronto, if if you go two and one and you win against Toronto, you win against the Knicks and you lose to Brooklyn, that completely changes the narrative. But if you drop the next three games and you're looking at 14 and 19 record and you're still sitting there on two road wins, and you're still going to miss Curry for another two or three weeks. Um, Man, that's going to be a really tough spot for the Warriors front office, for the fans, for the coaching staff, for the players. I mean, the pressure is mounting in building for a team that wants to win. Um, And you got to think that if the team doesn't start playing substantially better, that um, some changes are going to be made. And that could be in playing time, that could be in the roster. Um, I don't think there's gonna be significant changes. And I I would be surprised if the Warriors traded Kaminga or Moody or Wiseman um or any of the three um, you know, Patrick Baldwin Jr. or Rawling. So I don't think that there's a ton of options here for them to do. Um but I certainly think that something is bound to happen, whether that's um, picking up a free agent, using that 15th roster spot, um, trading some future assets maybe to get a veteran on, on an existing team. I don't know. And there isn't necessarily any players that come to mind that could make an immediate impact. Because again, if Clay Thompson is putting up 18 shots a game, and not locked in mentally on both sides of the floor and unable to defend, and you're missing Steph Curry for a month, um, and you're, you're turning the ball over 20 times a game, and you're giving the opponent 30 free throws, and you yourself are only shooting 10 to 15, you're gonna need to hit 23s a game to just to be have a chance to win. Um, and that's just not, that's just such a small margin of error to come up with victories. I mean, this is this is a gauntlet of an NBA season, right? You've got incredible talented players across all teams, whether they're good teams or bad teams. Anyone, any team player can go, you know, play exceptionally well or not. Um and everyone's got it out to to get revenge on the Warriors. Nobody's going to say oh warriors are missing steph curry boohoo will go easy on them everyone's out for blood right and and no game is going to be easy whether it's on the road or at home and so um it's going to be it's going to be tough right we said said on the last show this road trip was going to be very telling of the warriors and their identity and where they're heading you know here we are first three games oh and three um definitely not a good start, but you certainly have a chance here to salvage some things. If you can pick up at least two wins and, and get this at, you know, two and four or even better three and three, um, it's certainly possible. It is certainly possible, especially if you get Andrew Wiggins back, right? Warriors were probably severely, um, unexpected to beat the celtics without andrew wiggins at home well they did that right warriors were down 2-1 in the finals last year you know obviously a little bit of a different team than what we've got now like we said not as much depth but they came back and won an incredible game four and then defeated the celtics in the finals this is not the first time that the warriors have found themselves in the face of adversity not playing well, doubted by everyone, and have come back to prove everyone wrong. But you're slowly, you know, every game that you drop, you're just making the mountain so much harder to climb. And so at a certain point, if this team is serious about back-to-back championships and finals appearances, at what point do they actually show up in more than one game, right? It's one thing to show up for one game on primetime and beat the Celtics. It's another to win three games in a row, to win four games in a row, five games in a row, um, to win games on the road, to win games when you're missing your better players, um, to win games when you're not playing at your best. And so that's going to take more attention to detail, defend without fouling, limiting turnovers, better shot selection, um, trusting your teammates, they can do it. This team can do it. They've got the personnel, they've got the stars. Sure, they might not have the depth, but they've got the stars. They've got the front-loaded talent. You've got Jonathan Kaminga showing up. You've got Moses Moody playing well off the bench. You've got DiVincenzo, forget Jermichael Green, forget James Wiseman. You've got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kavon Looney, Jordan Poole, DiVincenzo, Kaminga, and Moody. And a few abled bodies to throw in there and soak up some minutes. You'd think that roster on paper would be good enough to win some games and make the top six in the West. But we'll see we'll see. You win the next three games, you could find yourself number five. You lose the next three games, you could find yourself behind the Lakers at number 12. That's all we got for you guys, Dub Nation. Once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast sports ethos presentation if you haven't already please give me a follow over at twitter that's at sd orlick subscribe rate and review the show thanks for tuning in guys let's go dub nation taking on the toronto raptors tomorrow on sunday and we'll catch you on